Hello everyone and welcome to the CircuitPython Weekly for January 25th, 2021. Uh, this is the time of the week where we get together to talk about all things CircuitPython and CircuitPython community. I'm Katni and I'm sponsored by Adafruit to work on CircuitPython. CircuitPython is a version of Python designed to run on tiny computers called microcontrollers. CircuitPython development is primarily sponsored by Adafruit, so if you want to support them and CircuitPython, consider purchasing hardware from Adafruit.com. This meeting is hosted uh, almost every week on the Adafruit Discord server. You can join anytime by going to adafru.it slash discord. We hold the meeting in the CircuitPython text channel and the CircuitPython voice channel. This meeting typically happens on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, except when it coincides with a U.S. holiday. If the meeting time is changed, we'll notify you via Discord. If you wish to be notified about changes to the meeting, we can add you to the CircuitPythonistas Discord role. As well, there is a calendar available that we try to keep updated that you can subscribe to to find those dates. This meeting is recorded. We record audio from the voice channel and video of the text channel. If you'd rather not have your voice recorded, you're still welcome to participate. The video of this meeting will be posted to YouTube and the audio is released as a podcast. If you find that this podcast is not available on your favorite podcast service, uh, please let us know. There's a notes document to accompany the meeting. Uh, if you wish to participate or you, uh, but you don't have a mic or you'd rather not have your voice recorded, you can add your updates to the notes doc and we'll read them off as we get to you. As well, if you wish to participate and you cannot make it to the meeting, you can leave hug reports and status updates for us in the document and we'll read them off during the meeting. The notes document also contains timestamps to go along with the video, so you can use the document to skip around um, the video to the parts that interest you most. If you're just listening in, please let us know that you're lurking and we'll skip over you. If possible, please add your name to the notes doc with lurking after it, otherwise let us know in the text channel so we can get the notes document updated. It's important that your lurking status is in the notes doc as that's what we use when we go through the list during the meeting. If you wish to speak during the meeting, you will need to be added to the CircuitPythonista's role on Discord. Please ask anyone in the meeting who is an admin or moderator to add you to the role if you are not already a member. If you don't want to be added to the role, you can still participate as text only. Simply let us know. This meeting is held in five parts. The first part is community news. This is a look at all things CircuitPython and Python on hardware in the community. It's a preview of our Python on microcontrollers newsletter. The second part is the state of CircuitPython, the libraries, and Blinka. This is a statistical overview of the entire project. It's a chance to look at the project by the numbers, um, give us an idea of the health of the project, and it's separate from what we're all up to. The third part is Hug Reports. Hug Reports is an opportunity to highlight the good things folks are doing, taking the time to recognize the awesome folks in our community. This section is held as a round robin, the first of two, where we will begin with the person who's hosting. So I will start, and then I'll go through the list alphabetically, looping back to the top to give everyone who wants to a chance to participate. If you're lurking, I'll skip over you. If you're, in the, if you're text only or missing the meeting, I'll read off notes when I get to you in the list. The fourth part is status updates. Status updates is an opportunity for us to sync up on what we've been up to, take a couple minutes to talk about what you've been doing in the last week since the last meeting, and what you'll be up to over the next week until the next meeting. It's also an opportunity for folks to provide tips and tricks in response to other status updates. This section is the second round robin. 
uh, to give everyone who wants to a chance to participate. Again, if you're lurking, we'll skip over you. And if you're text only or are missing the meeting and have notes in the document, I will read them off when I get to you. The fifth part is in the weeds. In the weeds is an opportunity for more long form discussions. These discussions sometimes come out of status updates or can be something you've identified as uh, too long for status updates ahead of time. If you have uh, an in the weeds topic now, please add it in the notes document along with your name to the in the weeds section at the end of the document. If you think of them during the meeting, please add them as you come up with them. This way we're not waiting around to see if anyone has anything to discuss. When we get to in the weeds, I'll turn it over to whomever that added the topic to begin the discussion. And if you text only make a note of it so I can read it off. And that covers how the meeting will go. So with that, uh, we'll get started with community news. First up, Python snakes its way to the new Raspberry Pi Pico board and the RP2040 chip. On January 21st, the Raspberry Pi Foundation launched their first microcontroller class product, the Raspberry Pi Pico. Priced at just $4, it is built on the RP2040, a brand new microcontroller chip developed by Raspberry Pi. That is not a typo. Unlike Raspberry Pi boards to date, all have been single board computers running Linux. The RP2040 and Pico board run code uh, developed by the user and run on the chip with no operating system. Um, besides the Pico board, several other manufacturers have announced boards based on the RP2040 trip and uh, that will be on sale in the second quarter of this year. Adafruit has a number of those boards. Um, the board launched with programming support in C, MicroPython, and CircuitPython. And then there's a series of links with um, to different posts about the um, Pico. Next up, uh, CircuitPython 6.2.0 Beta 0 is out with support for the RP2040 boards. Um, it provides pre preliminary support for the RP2040 chip, uh, including the Raspberry Pi Pico and Adafruit's own um, RP2040 boards. Uh, there were a few specific changes related to ESP32-S2, the STM32 Black Pill, Itsy Bitsy M4, and the RP2040, which are listed in the notes. Um, next up is uh, the Adafruit boards that are coming out. Um, Adafruit is hard at work developing boards containing the new Raspberry Pi RP2040 microcontroller. Um, and... It is uh, three new boards and then a board to support the Pico. There's going to be a Feather format, an Itsy Bitsy format, and a Cutie Pie format. And then as well, uh, there's a leak of the Pico Zero, which is a Pico-based carrier board in the Raspberry Pi Zero form factor. This one I was super surprised to see and very excited to see, which is that the VR3X CubeSat mission just launched into space with CircuitPython. Uh, this mission uses a swarm of three small satellites to demonstrate new technologies and techniques for radio networking and navigation. By developing and demonstrating these technologies on small scale, they can be implemented for future multi-spacecraft missions. Um, the three satellites known as CubeSats, each about the size of a coffee mug, um, the mission will demonstrate uh, a series of such, or the, conduct a series of such demonstrations. They lost, launched this Sunday as aboard a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket um, and they contain the PyCubed boards programmed in CircuitPython. And this was uh, apparently the most satellites that have ever been launched aboard one spacecraft. It was um, included with 140 additional satellites. 
So CircuitPython is now in space. So cool. Um, next up, uh, an updated weather station monitor to the MagTag and CircuitPython. Um, moving it let me easily add in graphics and future forecast updates. While this is all possible in Arduino, the speed of doing it in CircuitPython is amazing. And yes, it is actually that cold. There's an image saying it is negative uh, 21.4 Celsius. And that was posted to Twitter. Um, also posted to Twitter, a colorful fiber optic hyperbolic paraboloid. Code patterns via CircuitPython on the Teensy 4.0. Um, next up, an interview with Thea Flowers, also known as Stargirl and Thea Valkyrie, who creates open source and open hardware craft synthesizers that use CircuitPython for customization. She also writes about the internals of the SAMD21. Thea's synthesizer modules are found at Winterbloom, including Castor and Pollux, and the Big Honking Button. And this was uh, on embedded.fm. And uh, Python 3.9.1 now natively runs on macOS Big Sur on the Apple M1 processor. Uh, and there's a blog post about that. So this is a preview of the CircuitPython weekly newsletter, which is a community-run newsletter that's sent out every Tuesday. The complete archives are available at adafruitdaily.com category slash CircuitPython. It highlights the latest Python on hardware-related news from around the web, including CircuitPython, Python, and MicroPython developments. To contribute your own news or project, you can edit the draft on GitHub, <coughs> submit a pull request, and you can also tag at uh, an underscore engineer on Twitter with the hashtag CircuitPython, or email anb at adafruit.com. And I want to give a thanks to Anne for all the work that goes into putting that newsletter together. And that is our community news. Next up is the state of CircuitPython, the libraries, and Blinka. So this is a statistical overview of the entire project. Uh, it gives us a chance to um, see things by the numbers and uh, get an idea of where things are at. Um, aside from what it is we're all actually up to. So I will talk about it overall, then I will turn it over to Scott to talk about the core, I will talk about the libraries, and Melissa will talk about Blinka. Um, so we'll get an overall image of things and then we can get some more details about each individual part. So first up, overall we had 46 pull requests merged from 18 different authors, including a few names I've not seen before, which is Schneider42, Chris Bailey4, Alan Kumick, uh, Imliubo, and Ocouch. Uh, we had 10 reviewers. Thank you to all of our reviewers. Um, we had 29 issues closed by 12 people and 29 opened by 24 people. So we are net neutral overall on issues. Uh, but that's excellent to see the number of people that opened new issues. Um, that's 24 different people. Um, and that means we're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of participation, a lot of people finding things, which is excellent. Um, and with that, I will turn it over to Scott to talk about the core. Hello, thank you, Katni. Uh, okay, we had one pull request merged from myself and Dan reviewed, so thank you to Dan. That seems a little low, actually, um, but 
maybe that's the case. Uh, we have 16 open poll requests. Uh, the oldest is 149 days old. Uh, most of them are a lot uh, newer than that. Um, we For issues, we had six closed issues by five people and 10 open by 10 people uh, for a total of 384 open issues. Uh, this number does tend to grow over time, um, but we do triage it so that we know the things that we care about and want to do uh, immediately and or, or wait on. Um, so to do that, we do milestones. Um, we have eight issues not assigned to milestones, so we need to do that triage. Um, and we have five open issues for the 6.2 stable release. Uh, thanks to Dan for doing the 6.1 release uh, last week, along with a 6.2 beta zero. Um, the big news for the core is that we now have support for the RP2040, which is the new uh, microcontroller from Raspberry Pi. Um, so we're going to keep working on that uh, and uh, go from there. All right. Thanks, Scott. Mm -hmm. So next up <clears throat> to talk about the libraries, uh, this covers all of the Adafruit CircuitPython libraries and the uh, community bundle, um, as well as a couple other extras. So that's every library that begins with Adafruit underscore CircuitPython underscore, uh, plus a few other things included. So we had 39 pull requests merged, um, the oldest of which was uh, 29 days old, which is good um, that we're picking up on some older ones. Um, but a lot of those were, uh, were brand new as well. Uh, from 18 different authors and nine reviewers leaving us with uh, 41 open pull requests. We had 19 issues closed by eight people and 19 open by 16 people. So we are uh, left with the same number as last week, which is 274 open issues. Nine of those are labeled as good first issues. Um, if you're looking to contribute, um, reviewing and uh, reviewing or writing code rather, um, consider going to circuitpython.org slash contributing. You'll find all of the open library uh, pull requests, all of the open library issues, and a list of library infrastructure issues. You can search the issues um, by label. Good first issue is a great place to start if you're new to everything. Uh, if you're looking for something a little more complicated, uh, bug or enhancement is also um, an excellent place uh, to search. And um, you can see if anything interests you. If you've got the hardware for something, uh, check it out. Um, for PRs, you know, take a look. Um, comment on even just you know code syntax that sort of thing. If you're unable to test it, just let us know that you reviewed it but didn't test it. Uh, every bit of assistance is super helpful to us, and the more reviewers we have, um, the more authors we can support. Uh, there were three new libraries in the past week, um, and. The updated libraries uh, is based on, actually all this, is, but the, this, this list in general is based on when libraries are released. And we were still doing the release sweep following the massive CI update from last week. So the list of updated libraries uh, was huge. So it's been deleted. I do have a link to the um, place where we get the um, statistics from in the first place. Uh, if you really want to see that whole list, you can check it out there. Um, overall, speaking of which, we completed a sweep of CI updates across all the libraries, so now they're all running the latest black and using new license formatting. I think there's actually still a couple of stragglers that I need to pick up on, but thanks to uh, Dylan and Tim for their hard work on that. 
The number of open PRs is creeping up, which is both excellent and worth paying attention to. It's excellent because it indicates an increase in library contributions, but it's worth paying attention to because we don't want PRs to languish without reviewer comment. Uh, as I stated before about reviewing, um, if you are interested in joining the review team, consider starting by taking a look at library PRs and adding a review comment. Um, once you feel a little more comfortable with it, we can talk about um, actually adding you to the review team. Um, we're always looking for more reviewers because the more reviewers we have, the more authors we can support. Um, and remember that reviewing can just simply be taking a look at it and making sure the code looks good all the way up to you know pulling down the PR and testing all the code. Um, and we can help you uh, learn how to do all of that if um, this is something that you want to learn how to do. Um, so don't be intimidated by uh, Git or GitHub. We have a guide and we're always available on Discord to answer questions. So with that, I will turn it over to Melissa to talk about Blinka. Hello. Um, Blinka is our CircuitPython compatibility layer for Raspberry Pi and other single board computers. And uh, this it also uh, runs on MicroPython. Uh, this week, we had six pull requests merged by one author and three reviewers. Uh, there were two that there are two open pull requests remaining amongst all the various uh, Blinka related libraries. There were four closed issues by three people and zero open by zero people, leaving a net of 47 open issues. Uh, there were 1,770 PyPI downloads in the last week. And according to this, the number of board support is 60, but I know I, I added several this week, so it's I believe it's 67 is the correct number. Excellent. And that's it. Congratulations on adding more boards. Thanks. Just got merged in this morning, which is probably why I didn't get caught in the statistics. Yeah, that'll be there tomorrow. So it'll be there next week. Okay, cool. All right. And that is the state of CircuitPython, the libraries, and Blinka. Next up is Hug Reports. Hug Reports is an opportunity to highlight the great things that other folks in the community are doing. Uh, we do this every week, and it's just a chance for us to call out uh, people for the good things that they have done, um, helped us out with, uh, helped other folks out with. Um, whatever it is we see, uh, it's an opportunity to highlight those things. Uh, it will be held as a round robin, where I will start, and then I will go down the list alphabetically. If you are lurking, um, I will read your notes, and you have notes off, um, I will read your notes off. If you're lurking in general, I will um, skip over you. And um, if uh, when we get to you alphabetically, if you are around, then um, you can read your own uh, hug reports, and then we'll continue through the list. I think that sort of clears it up, although that's the most obtuse explanation I think I've ever used. Um, so with that, I will get started, and then we will, uh, I'll have some notes to read, and then we'll continue on. So, let's see. So first up, um, a hug report to Foamy Guy for helping me this weekend with the um, user interface for a personal project. Um, to Crayola for helping me with code for the same project. To Dan for assisting me with parsing some difficult to access data. Um, it was a named tuple that the way it's written, you can't get the field names um, 
And so he ended up giving me a block of code that allowed me to uh, identify things based on the field name, which was excellent. Um, to Foamy Guy in Kmatch 98 for the grid layout module, I uh, was able to get some code from Foamy Guy this weekend that helped me with the um, UI for this personal project. And it was super simple to use. Um, took a little bit of figuring out because there was only one example, but um, made my life a lot easier. So thank you both for that. And I will be discussing that again later. Um, to Jeff for letting me bounce an issue off him that led me to figuring out a problem that was presenting really strangely. Um, again, I will discuss that uh, in my status update. And then finally, thanks to Scott for answering all my Pika questions along the way while trying to write a guide without hardware. So next up, I have some notes um, from Kevin Thomas, who is lurking text only. Hugs to Foamy Guy for helping me understand CircuitPython and PyCharm and group hugs. Next up is Kmatch98. Hey, thanks, Katni. So first for Dan for checking some pointer usage and uh, a related matter. Uh, thanks to a user on the Espresso forum named ESP Sprite, which actually pointed to a limitation on the ESP32 S2, which uh, was actually the why I contacted Dan. So it all worked out, and thanks uh, to both y'all for your help. Excellent. Next up is Melissa. Melissa, are you there? Oh, okay. I thought I was unmuted. Or... No, sorry. <laughs> I'll start over. Uh, uh, first, a hug report to Anne for merging my circuitpython.org pull request, and also to you, Katni and Scott, for helping me figure out an issue related to a dependency update on there and a group hug to everyone else. Excellent. Thank you. Next, I have notes from Mark Gambler, who uh, says, hug report to Dan H for some Git advice I forgot to thank him for last week, and a group hug. Uh, and next I have some more notes from Mr. Certainly, who is text only, who says, group hug. And next up is Scott. Hello. Uh, first, a huge hug report to the whole Raspberry Pi team for the RP2040 launch. I think it's a super exciting chip. I'm excited to see everyone adopt it. Uh, in particular, I want to thank Kilogram, Ren6991, A, A. Allen, Lurch, and Evan Upton for tolerating my questions and suggestions before launch. Uh, thank you to Dan for two releases last week and lots of fixes uh, that went out in those. Uh, thank you to Katni for bringing CircuitPython getting started to the RP2040. And uh, thank you to Lady Ada and PT for getting me early access and uh, testing my code for me. Because, you know, I'm not the greatest tester. So they did lots <laughs> of stuff, which was, which was really cool. Uh, and that's it for me. Excellent. Next up is TG Techie. I need to say thank you to Andrew, Dan, and everyone who maintains uh, libraries. The time and care you take really shows. Um, a hug, a hug, <laughs> a hug to Brian 
uh, for their CircuitPython 2021 thoughts on documentation. Uh, and again, Tanuk for laboring white to make RP 2040 for CircuitPython and anyone who helped with that porting and testing process. And of course, the community hub. All right, thank you. Next up, I have some notes from Anecdata, who has a hug report to uh, Scott, Ask Patrick W, and Dan for code reviews, testing, and build infrastructure nudging. Um, next, I think I have notes. Doesn't say text only, but um, I don't see this person in the meeting, so I will read off their status update, or their uh, hug reports, rather. Um, Thanks to Anecdata for, oh, this is, I'm sorry, this is from Ask Patrick W. Thanks to Anecdata for his Wi-Fi.connect fix. I appreciate the detailed notes and the way they shared their thoughts along the way as they worked through the issue. Shout out to Dan H. and Scott for the 15 January deep dive, or deep tangents as I lovingly refer to them. The back and forth between the two highly skilled and experienced engineers was very enjoyable. Dan's intro section with the presentation he gave at Xerox is great and qualifies as must-see geek TV. All right, next I have some notes from Carter, who is missing the meeting. Hug report to Dan H. for willingness to chat about stuff, and to David Gloud and Jay Fersian for ongoing work and patience with the Nunchuck Library improvements and upgrades. And next up is Dan. Okay, hold on just a second. All right, um, so I have three people, uh, four people especially to thank for the RP2040 effort. Uh, Scott did an all out effort for the RP2040 and claimed he was not doing anything much at the time, but actually he was working really hard because we had to keep it a secret. Um, thanks to you, Katni, for uh, an all-out effort on the guides that go with the RP2040 boards. Thanks to TAC, who was doing a lot of tiny USB work, uh, getting ready for the RP2040, and had merged back in some changes that they had made, that the RP2040 people had made to tiny USB to sync things up. And thanks to Lady Ada, who was working on all kinds of new boards for the RP2040, and everybody else who contributed to this launch which we had to keep a secret until it actually came out. Um, and then immediately thanks to Dave Putz, who noticed that uh, long ints were turned off on the RP2040 port and did a PR right away. So that's our first PR fix, which is very, very good. All right. Excellent. Thank you. Next up, I have notes from David Gloud. Uh who says a hug report to all behind 6-1, to all behind uh, the, I think they mean, yeah, um, RP2040 port, maybe uh, Scott and Lady Ada since it was a secret, to Paint Your Dragon for the protomatter arrangement thing, and to Carter and Jay Fersian for continuing work on the nunchuck. And next up is Foamy Guy. All right, thanks, Kenny. Uh, this week, I got hug reports. Uh, thank you to Ask Patrick W. has done a bunch of great work on Circup um, lately, so a big thanks there. Uh, Kmatch98 for a nice chat over the weekend, um, talking about some new quirks in the label um, display text library. I was able to talk through some of my ideas with him and appreciate that. To Brent, are you for shared uh, sharing a really neat 
ePaper templates project, um, which kind of reinvigorated my my interest in uh, Display.io WYSIWYG editor, the, the one that he showed. Um, has a, a really nice start on that. It's kind of specific to Arduino and ePaper, but I think we could do something pretty similar. Um, and then lastly, uh, to Jeff for uh, writing and sharing some code to uh, to wrap text based on a certain width in pixels instead of the number of characters. I think that's going to let us do some really cool things in, uh, in display text library in the future. So thanks to Jeff for that. Excellent. Next up is Higher Effect. Hey, uh, thanks this week to Scott for all of his secret work when supporting the RP2040, which was really exciting. Um, thanks to Anecdata and uh, Johnny Bergdahl for testing and reporting some issues with the socket error reporting. And uh, thanks to Dan for his suggestions on some devices to help with power monitoring. And then a group hug to all. All right. Thank you. A uh, couple of lurkers. And so next up is Jeff. Hello. I want to start off with a group hug and then another hug to everybody who is about to step up and help us with the RP2040 and Raspberry Pico. I think it's going to be another new influx into the community and we know how to manage them into helping us and it is going to be great. And uh, a hug to everybody who had to keep this deep dark secret about the RP2040 until now, especially Scott and Katni. And finally, to Foamy Guy, who is excited about a little piece of code that I wrote and is talking about massaging it until it's good enough to put into one of our uh, Adafruit CircuitPython libraries. So that is nice to see. Excellent. Thank you. Next up is Jerry N. Hello. Um, thanks to Carter for uh, stepping in and taking over a, a helping case on, on Discord. Right? I'd run out of ideas. He jumped into the rescue. And uh, thanks to Scott and everybody involved in the RP2040 support. You know, all that secrecy and Scott being not busy reminded me of Henry Kissinger's secret trip to China. You know, he had a stomach bug. <laughs> um, and it's a group hug to everybody. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. And finally, I have some notes uh, from Jay Fersian. Um, hug report to Carter for his work in troubleshooting on the Adafruit Nunchuck Library to Tanu, Lidiata, and everyone else involved in the RP2040, and to Foamy Guy for his Saturday streams. And that wraps up Hug Reports, which means next up is Status Updates. Uh, status Updates is an opportunity for us to sync up on what we've all been up to since the last meeting and what we're going to be up to until the next meeting. Uh, it's also an opportunity for uh, folks to provide tips and tricks, uh, quick answers to questions folks might have during their status updates. Remember, if uh, you hit a point where you feel like something is worth a more long-form discussion, um, or if you've come up with anything uh, that you think is a better long-form discussion, add it to In the Weeds uh, at the end of the document, along with your name. Um, status updates is also held as a round robin where I will start, and then I will go down the list alphabetically and loop back around, giving everyone who wants to a chance to participate. If there are notes in the document from any folks, then I will be reading those off uh, when I get to them. So with that, I will get started. So the last two weeks have been Pico, 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 um, which uh, my oblique references to guide work um, were about the getting started with Raspberry Pi and Pico on Cir and CircuitPython guide. Um, the a majority of that guide is not currently live. 
Um, we will be doing that uh, over the course of this week, um, probably today and tomorrow. Um, it's linked right now to the CircuitPython Essentials Guide because most CircuitPython code should run as is, uh, with you know pin changes, obviously. Um, but we have a, a set of examples that we're going to um, we're going to make live in the guide uh, very soon. Um, and then I finally got to test the code once I got a hold of um, my Picos and found a issue that rendered all of the examples useless. Um, fixed the issue in the code wiring diagrams and the guide and now it turns out it's not really an issue which is kind of the circle of technology I guess. Um, this week I will be get it, updating the getting started with Pico guide. We're going to be adding a little bit tweaking it a little uh, before making it live. There is a circuit playground pull request on the circuit playground library that um, I had to step away from to work on the Pico guide. Um, and I want to circle back because the author was extremely responsive and super quick with everything that I asked for when I was working with it. Um, and I don't want that to sit. Then after, once that's merged, um, I'm going to be cleaning up the library to remove unnecessary backwards compatibility. There's still stuff in there that supports CircuitPython 3 and 4, which is entirely unnecessary, and um, we are hurting for space on the Circuit Playground builds. So um, anything, you know, anything we can remove is, is good. So I'm going to be cleaning that up. Um, so I'm going to be creating the Adafruit CircuitPython Display.io GUI library. Uh, Foamy guy in KMatch 98, you're up. Um, the first module to go into it should be grid layout. Um, I talked to uh, Lamore about it. She's in full support. Um, the idea of having a drag and drop um, setup where you can sort of like outline what you want your GUI to look like and then it generates Python code is a long-term plan, um, but short-term. Um, being able to do something like grid layout or widgets, uh, as Foamy Guy was discussing, um, is definitely um, on the list of things we'd like to see. So I will create that repo um, and then let you guys uh, decide what you want to PR to it and when. Um, and then I will be staying on top of the RP2040 Pico questions and support issues on Discord as they come in, because folks will definitely be getting those boards soon if they don't already have them. Um, so over the weekend, my my fun thing, um, I ported my tabletop lightbox photo studio code to CircuitPython running on a Feather NRF52840 with a NeoPixel 8 Featherwing as a level shifter and the mini color TFT Featherwing um, to display a control GUI. Um, I say as a level shifter because it runs dot stars, not NeoPixels, um, but they still need level shifting and the NeoPixel 8 um, is really ostensibly just a set of level shifted pins. Uh, while it's designed to run eight different NeoPixel strips at the same time, you can still just utilize the pins um, as level shifted pins. So the dot stars are running through that. Uh, thanks again to FoamyGuy and KMatch98 for the grid layout module. It made creating the GUI a lot simpler. And now that I've messed with it a bit, I have feature requests. Um, and I made a note here, I wanted to see this turned into a library because I wrote this section of my update. Um, before I uh, brought up creating the library. 
Um, ran into a really weird issue where the setup worked in some configurations and not others. It screamed ground issue, but the initial continuity tests all indicated everything was fine. So there was several hours of banging my head against this, checking schematics, wiring, continuity, etc. In the end, the initial instinct was correct. It turns out the ground wire in one spot in the series had come off. So if things were plugged in in a certain way, it avoided it. Um, and if they were plugged in other ways, uh, it, it didn't work. So, um, and of course the failure had to be on one of the high density LED strips. I recommend them because there's a lot of LEDs, but I really don't recommend them if you're not super comfortable with soldering because the soldering pads on them are the size of a pencil lead. Um, and so performing surgery on it was uh, complicated at best. Um, they're really frustrating to solder is my point. Um, but everything works as desired now and I got through all that. So thanks again to everybody who let me bounce issues off them um, and that sort of thing. Because uh, now I have a CircuitPython version of my light box. Uh, I have plans for it, um, but that were, that's where that is at. So next up, uh, I believe is Kmatch98. Thanks, Ketney. So first thing, well, I guess the only thing I did this week was uh, demonstrated that Parallel Bus can work on the ESP32-S2. I uh, submitted a draft PR. I uh, probably have thought some more since then on how to give options for the pins, so I'll probably wrap that up on uh, an update this week and submit that. And I guess now on my to-do list is to understand more about the GUI layout you're interested in, see yeah. how I can help, and probably trying to encourage other folks. I know TG Techie's been doing a lot of work in those lines and Joey Castillo, so how to f see where you want to go with that and see how to help. Yeah, the more the merrier. Um, I will create the repo and file an issue on it so we have a place to discuss it. Okay, cool. And thanks again for the grid layout stuff. Um, apparently you wrote the core stuff and uh, Tim turned it into a module. So thank you. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Glad it's useful. All right, next up is Maker Melissa. Hello. Uh, let's see, last week I added the BeagleBone AI and the NanoPy Neo Air to Blinka. I added uh, a bunch of new boards to CircuitPython.org. I added code to make the boards be able to be hidden. And I started looking into a way to take the integrate Blinka into Home Assistant and never find some GitHub issues. Uh, this week I'm going to look into Home Assistant some more. And I'm going to hopefully work on some CircuitPython libraries. And as an aside, a side project I started working on uh, is a little, I wanted to take a, the PyPortal Titano and make like a little PDA type thing, kind of like the Palm Pilots or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm actually interested in what that grid layout module is. I hadn't heard of that before this meeting. So yeah, uh, that could have come in really handy distinctly possible it certainly helps my situation <laughs> okay cool uh that's it all right excellent Thanks. next up is scott hello uh i forgot a hug so i wanted to say that um the github user nigel uh at weblate just merged in a change uh to change the way that weblate does merges which should make our weblate uh, weblate PRs look a lot saner, which will be really cool. Uh, so thanks to them. Um, and then last week we launched CircuitPython for the RP2040, um, which was 
it is a whirlwind. Uh, especially this week, we're going to see people getting all the boards that they ordered. Um, so expect to see lots of new folks. Um, this week, I have a lot of things to do. Um, we want to unlock GP15 on the RP2040. I think what we'll end up seeing is that like, if it happens to be used to fix the thing it fixes, we might just need to like restart like the VM, VM in CircuitPython to rerun it. Um, and that's what Katni was alluding to. I think I think moving our guide away from GP15 is still a good thing. Um, then we don't risk it at all. So I, I think that worked a little bit. I think that the Raspberry Pi people kind of don't aren't doing that because they wrote the book before they realized it was an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because it's a guide, we can fix it. And so I think it's good to keep people off that uh, if we can. Um, Let's see, on my list, it's kind of like un- unordered. We have UART support, audio PWMIO support, uh, some more PIO additions. Um, definitely going to do this. Uh, I-, I need to make it easier to change the flash per board. I think we're going to wait a few weeks on that just because we we don't expect to get chips to actually like production produce boards uh, for a bit. So that's not super urgent. Uh, but we are hearing from Pimeroni and SparkFun about their boards, so I want to make sure and get them going and get everything set up. So that'll be good. Um, I have two blog posts to do for CircuitPython 2021. So if you haven't done this and you do want to do it, now's the time. I'm going to do one more uh, for David and Lucian. So thank you to you two, and then tomorrow I'll do a wrap-up post for that. Um, unless I get more from other people, and that's totally cool. And uh, yeah, my week is RP2040 all day, all night. Not really. <laughs> I'm I'm not overworking. But yeah, that's that's my focus for at least this week, probably the next month or so uh, in reality. All right. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, next up is TG Techie. Last week, I oh, sorry, last meeting, I said I'd put some things up on GitHub, and I, I did do that. Um, however, I haven't documented them. So, um, after reading through some 21 posts and after trying to add some docs, I realized I'm not particularly good at that. Um, so, by next meeting, I will uh, write a quick and dirty guide to using uh, TGUI. That's a framework I've been working on uh, to easily write and declare stateful UI um, in Python. And it works on CircuitPython now, and it should work on Mac OS and Linux, but I haven't uh, written standard libraries for those. Um, and if that guide is goes well or people like it, I'm more than willing to I'm playing with live streaming uh, follow along uh, where you just get um, a Pi portal and you write TGUI code to run on it. Um, sorry for the bit of a rambling report and, uh, made a couple modules, but I have not fully gotten them to like check CI and that kind of thing pass. So I haven't put them in or proposed them, uh, but that's a module for importing Python modules and then freeing them later. Uh, if you want to like swap what app you're running for a GUI or some project, um, and I think that's about it. All right. If you need help with documentation, don't hesitate to ask us. 
Um, it's something we do a lot of. Okay. I'd, I'd love some tips and tricks if you have any. Yeah, Maybe absolutely. We could... Um, okay. we could I ping or yeah, feel free. free. Awesome. Yeah, ping, ping me directly. Um, I obviously I do a lot of it, and I would love to share <laughs> what I can. Thank you. I'll take you up on that. All right, excellent. So next up, scrolling. Uh, looks like next up is Dan. Oh, that that was that was a big wrap around. Okay. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, scrolling back here. Okay. Um, so I released uh, 6.2.0 beta zero uh, right after we uh, got the initial RP2040 support merged in. And there are a few other changes in there too. Um, we'll probably be doing a bunch of betas as, as fixes accumulate and we'll have a bunch of succession of quick betas. I'm debugging a, a difficult problem having to do with uh, CircuitPython CircuitPy file system writes when you copy a bunch of uh, medium to large size files. And I have a fix, but it's not really, um, it's not really what we want because it turns off what Scott did when we had time.sleep start using less power when it was sleeping. So we'd like to avoid that if possible. Uh, the in the documentation and read the docs the documentation for several modules that came from MicroPython like json and regular expressions re and some other ones was kind of all messed up and old and it said maybe this isn't supported and i cleaned all that up and i made it much easier to turn um, those modules on and off as you wish uh, they're still not brought into what's called the shared binding style in CircuitPython, but the way I did it means that they're now turned on and off the same way that the other modules are turned on and off. So there's a PR for that, and uh, it looks like it works. That's where I tested it in several ways. So uh, in order, I'll finish, continue to work in the upcoming week. I'll continue to work on this uh, slow CircuitPy write, writes bug and. I will, as I keep promising, I'll start working on the secondary USB CDC channel so that you can talk to the board over um, a COM port without talking to the REPL, uh, which would be really nice because the REPL gets in the way in many ways, like it responds to control C's and stuff. It would be nice to have a vanilla uh, serial channel in addition to the uh, REPL channel. Okay, that's it. All right. Uh, next up, I have some notes from David Gloud, who says, watching the RP2040 release on roll, reading as much as possible, and trying to make sense of PIO. Upgrade all of my boards to 610 while the first beta of 620 was out. Tried to use my Gameduino 3X Dazzler on a Metro M4 airlift light. Made my first PR to the core. Excellent. And uh, finishing my CircuitPython 2021 post, and there is a link to a gist. Um, next up is Foamy Guy. All right, thanks, Kenny. Uh, for last week, on uh, on Saturday morning, I uh, started up some CircuitPython programming streams. So the thing that I worked on this past Saturday was um, a PR for the display button library to allow you to change the colors on that after it's been initialized. You could always do custom colors, 
but only when you initialize it. Um, but now I have a PR out there with properties, so you can change them after the fact. Um, and I'm going to continue on doing the, the Saturday morning streams um, at 10 a.m. Central Time. I think it's 1600 UTC right now, but it will change with daylight savings time. There's a note for that in the um, in the newsletter. I made a PR for that as well, so that might be in this week or next week. Um, the other things I did was tinkering with the grid layout uh, that Katni's mentioned a few times, as uh, well as making a few tweaks inside of that and getting it prepared um, to be published inside that new GUI library. Um, I also was in conjunction with that working on some tweaks inside of display text and display button that are going to allow them to be resized after they get initialized, which will allow them to um, go inside of that grid layout nicer and let that grid layout control what size they turn out to be. So it should ultimately make it easier to get the layout you're after uh, once we have tweaks in display text and button. And I started on those for next week. Um, I want to experiment a little bit with a NeoPixel strip and possibly the RGB matrix. Um, I'm trying to figure out the feasibility of using it as like a natural sunlight wake-up alarm. Um, they have alarms like this you can buy where it kind of like uh, makes the light get brighter and brighter uh, over the course of a couple minutes in the morning or up to an hour or so. so it's kind of like a fake sunrise. Um, and that's nicer than a, a loud, annoying alarm. So I'm going to try see if I can get a workable one of those out of uh, just a strip or out of the RGB matrix. Um, I'm going to finish up the changes, like I was mentioning, in uh, display text and button and get those actually ready to go for a PR. I've got code that works, but it's uh, it's not passing actions or anything like that. So I got to get it cleaned up. And then lastly, um, it actually came out of last week, but it's working on a couple of uh, wording updates in a few guides. One to add reference to PID codes in the uh, adding your board, I think it is that guide, and then also one um, to talk about pre-commit in uh, one of those one of those guides as well. So I'm going to work on uh, writing that stuff out this week, um, and that's all I got. Thanks. Great, thank you. Next up is Higher Effect. All right. Uh, this past week, um, I've been working on SSL socket. Uh, I thought it was going to be short, and it wasn't. Um, <laughs> I uh, ran into some issues. Uh, basically, uh, SSL socket is uh, an alternative version of uh, the socket module in Python uh, that runs uh, TLS cryptographic security, uh, basically under the same API. Um, and the issues I had actually weren't with SSL socket, but in replacing some of the existing uh, functions in the original socket module, like connect and uh, some of these other things and making them non-blocking, and uh, playing nice with my control functions. And basically, it, it just took a little bit of extra work. So that's what I was working on. I also implemented some new functions like set blocking and uh, bind, listen, and accept for the uh, crypto uh, module. So we can now, they're, they're now somewhat interchangeable. You can use uh, both the SSL and the non-SSL stuff for, for uh, a variety of different tasks. Um, but when you don't have something with SSL on the other end, probably the regular one is better. And I figured a number of style issues. People uh, had been reporting problems with the error messages, so those will go up as soon as I get the PR updates in. Um, this week, I'm going to be reviewing any remaining socket issues. Just trying to, I've been working so much on socket, it feels like it would be a shame to just like leave any hanging remaining issues around. So um, I'll just be doing a big review, hopefully, kind of covering all the bases before I move on to other things. 
Uh, but once I get to do that, uh, I'll be switching over to STM32 and bug fixing while I wait for, I had to, unfortunately the Nordic uh, power, the, the low power tools that I wanted are all out of stock in every distributor, which is a bummer. So um, I'm going to be waiting. I got a new old, really old piece of hardware, uh, Dan's recommendation on eBay. So while that shows up, I'll be doing STM32 stuff, but then I'll be doing low power monitoring and bug fixing and an implementation for STM32 and all sorts of good stuff on that. And that is it for me. Thank you. All right, next up is Jeff. Hello again. So the last week or so, my main focus has been audio out on the ESP32-S2. Uh, we learned that it is possible to do audio DMA and have a sample that I studied and I've implemented in CircuitPython. Um, but in my version of the code, we get these weird noise slash artifacts. So it's really unlistenable. Um, their version of the demo or sample program works. So it's obviously just a problem in my code, but I haven't been able to isolate what it is. I am going to put out a request to Espressif to see if this rings any bells for them, but uh, set it aside for now until um, we have a direction to go in to fix that. Um, there, I do have a branch uh, in my own repo if you wanted to take a look, but I wouldn't really recommend it. Uh, and, and then in my own time, I wrote up this library to wrap labels according to the width in pixels that a specific font takes, which uh, Foamy Guy was mentioning, and I'm really excited uh, I'll just say this once again to see that picked up and work its way into the Adafruit display text or whatever that uh, library is called. Uh, so this week, uh, the as you may have heard, the Protomatter library added support for multiple displays that are uh, on top of each other rather than just from left to right so that we can make tiled displays. I'm going to bring that update into CircuitPython and find out what we need to update um, to enable that when you don't want to go through Arduino. And I also realized I have my monthly uh, check of guide feedback on the Adafruit Learn system. And I hope to wrap those both up uh, because the week after next is a staycation for me. So I will have a lower Discord bleh, presence and I will almost certainly miss this meeting next Monday. So i uh, see you in a couple of weeks. Have a lovely staycation. staycation. Thank, you. Thank you. All right, next up is Jerry. Next up is Jerry. Hi. Uh, so let's see, I ran into a, a funny issue with um, time.sleep and requests. I know Anikdata had put in a, a, an issue on requests, very similar, but it seemed to me like it may be tied in with sleep. So um, I don't know if it's something, um, Scott, I don't know if it, the changes you made to, to sleep might be involved in this, because um, it does seem, it, it works fine if I go to deep sleep and come back, but if you run sleep, for longer than 15 seconds, like 15 seconds works, 60 seconds doesn't. <laughs> um, something funky going on there. But um, so looking forward to seeing what that's all about. Um, I'm anxiously awaiting my Pico boards, which should arrive tomorrow, actually. And um, and then I've been playing around a lot in the last couple of weeks with RFM 9X stuff. Um, and I've noticed that I, I seem to be dropping more packets than I than I than I like, or having trouble with not you know non-reliable packets just getting just seem to be getting lost. So I want to dig into that a little more 
see if there really is an issue or if it's just something in the setup. I haven't been hearing any other complaints about it, so it may just be me, but I'll be digging into that a little bit this week. And then uh, I've been trying to work with the, with trying to get Blinka going on MicroPython on some boards. And I, I made a bunch of progress with the ESP8266, but it really kind of fell apart um, when I tried to, I got as far as being able to import board, but then getting anything else going, I think it's just memory problems and all that. So probably the, my direction, if I can find time to do it, will be to maybe just try and port it to the ESP32, which will give a lot more space to, to work and I think be a lot more usable, but we'll see. And if, again, if anybody else is interested or is looking at that, you know, uh, I'd be interested in hearing how it's doing because it comes up from time to time that people want to use Blinka on MicroPython and I don't think it works. Um, I, I certainly haven't gotten anywhere with it. Um, and oh, and then this, on a side note, I, I joined the, the Kickstarter for these Oak D uh, AI Vision AI modules and got mine last week. And boy, it's a lot of fun. But man, there's a lot to learn about how all these AI vision models work. But uh, it's a really cool product. Keep me busy. So, that's it. Excellent. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And that is status updates, which means it is time for In the Weeds. In the Weeds is an opportunity for more long-form discussions that may or may not have come out of status updates. Uh, we put it at the end because sometimes we get really deep into the weeds. So if folks make it through this, this much of the meeting but don't want to um, listen to the rest, uh, we, we pop it in at the end for that reason. We have one in the weeds topic, um, and so I will turn it over to TG Techie to talk about that topic. This in the weeds, because it can deal with like memory size and that kind of thing. Um, while playing around with surprise, the, the GUI framework, I noticed that um, larger buttons can take up to like 2K of RAM per button. Um, I thought that was a lot. So, looks like the round rect oh, sorry not the native button library for circuit python the display shapes library but it looks like round rect natively uses a bitmap which i think allocates like a pixel for every pixel in the round rect um and i just uses like shape and time grid i remember there was a push for i think it was a simplified display text library um, I was curious if, if that ever came through, and if so, would we want the same thing for display shapes? Um, yeah, I can talk to that maybe oh, a little yeah, go bit. go ahead. Um, so we did, uh, Kmatch made a, a bitmap label that does use less uh, memory than the regular label because it doesn't build as many tile grids and groups. It keeps everything in one bitmap, um, and that does end up doing uh, using less memory. I'm um, in terms of buttons versus shapes and stuff, the button library does use the shapes by default. So if we fix this in shapes, it will carry over to the button library as well, the existing one. Um, and I am, for what it's worth, I'm definitely in favor of one that does use uh, less memory. I know of one thing, um, Display.io Shape uh, would allow you to do that. The documentation on it is a little bit light, but it's like a kind of four corners origami type concept that lets you sort of declare half and then half again of what you want and then it sort of unfolds it the rest of the way if that makes any sense um okay. but 
that's one option for it. And I'm definitely in favor of it uh, for what it's worth. It's some type of memory light one. So that's what I wrote. That's what nice. I used. Um, I was, uh, but it isn't fully compliant with the current display shapes. And I don't know if it would be efficient to make it be, which is not the same to we want a lighter version of Roundrect. I mean, generally, it would be nice to optimize the existing library. OK. So what, like, were you not able to do everything it does with bitmap using shape? Um, not quite. Um, I could take another shot at it. But mostly, I couldn't get odd width rectangles. They'd have a little gap in the center. Because if you're mirroring the four corners, if you, if you're um, saying that all four corners are, have the same roundness or are, are, are rounded. Um, I couldn't get shape to allow a non-even width without right. a gap in the center. That sounds like a bug. Okay. Yeah, if it were to kind of overdraw it, uh, then it would like basically put that middle pixel twice, uh, which would probably be the ideal way of doing it. Right. Okay. So it sounds like you're super curve. close. And try. Um, I'll keep you posted then and see if I can get it working. Yeah, you could open a draft PR on the regular shapes. Bu button library. Is it button or shapes that it is? It's, it's going to be inside shapes. And then button makes use of shapes. Uh, so okay. it will carry over. Yeah, so I think a draft PR where it's like, this almost works, but there's a bug would be good. OK. Will do. Awesome. All right. Thank, Thank you, you, everyone. Uh, and of course, my cat decided to chime in right at the end. <laughs> um, does it so, have it in the weeds topic? Apparently. Apparently, <laughs> she does. Um, which figures, because usually when she starts talking, she doesn't shut up. So it would be a long form discussion. <laughs> um, anyway, on that note, um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up. Um, this has been the Circuit Python Weekly for January 25th, 2021. Um, we, uh, hold on. Uh, if you want to, okay, so if you want to support Adafruit and CircuitPython and those of us that work on CircuitPython, consider purchasing uh, from the Adafruit shop at adafruit.com. I want to say thank you to everyone who participated. Uh, the video of this meeting will be released on YouTube at youtube.com slash Adafruit, and the podcast will be available on major podcast services. It will also be featured in the Python for Microcontrollers newsletter, which comes out every Tuesday. Visit adafruitdaily.com to subscribe. The next meeting will be held next Monday, as usual, uh, at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Uh, the meeting is held on the Adafruit Discord, which you can uh, join by going to adafru.it slash discord. And if you are still with us and you want to be notified about this meeting, any changes to the time or day, or uh, be informed of the notes document so you can join us, uh, whether or not you can uh, be here for the meeting or not, uh, please ask to be added to the Circuit Pythonistas role on Discord. And we hope to see you all next week. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>